nine out of 10, time to get serious. Now, some of you might be freaking out about the thought of becoming a homeowner very soon. So today we're going to tackle this with a preemptive strike. Are you ready to learn how to practice being a homeowner before you even become one? Let's take the fear out of this life-changing event. Play the music. Welcome to step nine out of the 10 basic steps it takes to dump your rent and start building your financial foundation for life. Today, I'm going to give you some practical action steps that you can take right now so you never feel house poor in the future, and you can be ultimately confident that you're making the right move. Yeah, pun intended. Move. Get it? Okay, today's topics are, first, the nasty B word, again. Second, we're going to talk about practicing to avoid pain. Third, we're going to talk about playing the long game. And finally, the house party, and you get to be the DJ. So let's start with the B word. We all remember what the B word is, right? Budget. Now, remember, a budget is not set up to deprive you. Just like a good diet really shouldn't make you feel like you're denying what you love. It's simply a lifestyle change and a mindset shift. And the biggest part of that mindset shift is instead of thinking about what you're not getting, you think about what you will be able to indulge in. You know, all those things that you thought were unattainable, but now are attainable because you've set up a system where you're reaching for rewards and indulging as opposed to depriving yourself just so you can survive. Now, if you've been following the basic steps, then you should be living a new financial lifestyle, working a budget since you're gonna need, you know, some cash to close for the down payment and the closing costs. I've had several clients tell me, especially the people that had to plan for more than six months, like a six months, a year or two years, they told me that eventually they got so used to putting that savings away and they didn't see any major shift in their quality of life that they ended up continuing to do it after they closed on the house. Now, there's lots of different ideas and different ways you can do this. And maybe one of these sounds like something that is going to work for you. Uh, some people said they got so used to saving that they decided after they bought their first home, they were going to continue, but maybe just reduce it to 25% of what they were saving. Cool. And that way they just have to do uh, a little bit every month, not as much as they were doing, but they still have a cushion and something to make them feel comfortable for a rainy day. Of course, some of them did 50% and some of them stayed exactly where they were, 100% of what they were putting away to save for a down payment. Hell, they said that once they got used to it, they still felt like they were living large. They were not sacrificing anything. Some said, you know what? Once we realized that to save X amount of dollars each month, all we had to do was stop going out so much or stop buying stuff we didn't need. And we realized, you know what? We'd rather have a nice little chunk of change in our savings account so we can go on a badass vacation at the end of the year instead of going out to dinner four or five times a month or spending money on a bunch of crap we don't need. You know, they said that they understood what it's like to have a big goal and to shoot for that. This is something they learned while they were saving for their down payment. And they figured out that now 
they don't just have to dream about the lavish things like it's something that they're never going to be able to do. They told me, you know what? Once we did the saving for the house, we said we can freaking pick someday in the future, put it on the calendar, make sacrifices, which they know are not going to hurt them that much because they've already done it, especially when they consider the gift that they can give themselves of lying on a beach somewhere and having it paid in cash, not putting their vacation on a credit card. And then some other people had different ideas. Uh, they would keep the budget and, you know, whether they were saving 25%, 50% or 100% of what they were saving for their house savings budget, um, they would put that for payment on a new car or maybe to get a new pet or to prepare for a baby or school tuition or to go HGTV crazy on their new home and furnish and remodel their new place. It's up to you. The cool thing is you have a new skill set, so now you can use it. Or if you want to, you can use it to hoard all your money and look to retire early. Or, I don't care, go to Las Vegas. Or fishing trips. Or buy a boat. Or go to every Disney theme park in the entire world. Yes, I had a client that did that. Go to New York and see a ton of Broadway shows. That sounds like something I would do. Or buy an investment property and get all Monopoly in real life. Or... Just put it away and let it sit there so you can open your bank account online, look at those fatty numbers while you're sitting in the house that you own. I even had some people tell me that once they got the home, they created a new big goal because they already learned how to budget and do this. And they doubled down. Yeah, they took their savings for their down payment and they doubled it, putting 200% of their savings every month into a new savings account so they could, you fill in the blank. It's whatever you want. Imagine saving twice as much as you saved to buy the home. You could do anything you want to. And imagine if you did that for 20 years, you could retire super early. The B word is not a scary thing. I like to think that the real B word is better. Yes. Now, remember, we originally had two B words, budget and balance. So as long as you've got both B words, then you can achieve the real B word, a better life. All right. The next topic is a big action step that I really encourage all of you guys to do, especially for those of you thinking, dude, I hear you on the budget, but my new payment's going to be like a thousand or fifteen hundred more than my rent. So there's no way I'm going to be able to save any extra money every month. All of our extra is going to be going toward this huge, fatty mortgage payment, which we know is the right thing. Cool. Then this one is for you. Second thing we're going to talk about today, practice, practice, practice. As you get close to your time and you're ready to buy, I encourage you to do this. In fact, I encourage you to try this even a year ahead of time, if you're planning that early. Talk to your unicorn lender, get a guesstimate of the new monthly PITI payment. We all know what PITI is, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. A PITI payment is basically like what you pay for rent now. Think of a PITI mortgage payment as the same thing. Get a guesstimate on that PITI payment for the number that you're approved for. Now, at the end of the month, pay your rent. And then if the PITI payment is higher than your rent, pay whatever the difference is and put that into your down payment and closing cost savings account. 
Now, when you add them together, you should have at least this new payment as your goal, the rent plus whatever you need to add to get to the new mortgage payment. So it's rent plus what you're going to put away in savings equals the new payment. And don't be bummed if you can't hit it that first month. Just retweak the next month and keep practicing until you hit it. Now, I know I said this is a really big deal and a really big step, but that's it. There's nothing else for me to explain. It's not much more complicated than that. Just practice the new payment. I wish I could dress this up and make it more earth shattering, but it it really just isn't. And yet so few people actually do this. So don't take it from me. Take it from the listener feedback I've gotten from those that actually did it. The people who actually did it, which is like maybe 10% of my listeners and buyers over the past 17 years, since 2006, um, they all said it made all the difference for their mental health. They never felt house poor because they'd already practiced. And hey, if that's not enough encouragement for you, then uh, I could send you all the bummer emails I got when people didn't practice. What are the words? Sticker shock. Regret buyer's remorse, freak out. Uh, I believe it's what professional psychologists call majorly bummed out. It's really simple. Practice the new payment. Okay, now this next topic, it can get a little mathy and uh, might involve some spreadsheets and equations and formulas. But if you haven't done this yet, I highly recommend you do so. It's playing the long game. But not just playing the long game, it's actually seeing the long game. Now, hear this fact. Your home will never, never feel more expensive than it does in the first three years. I say that again. Your home will never, never feel more expensive than it does in the first three years. That's pretty simple. The mortgage will feel the highest it ever does. Because you see, for most of you, you've been paying a rising annual rent. Well, now that's done. So your mortgage is going to be fixed, no more rising rents, and you're likely going to have an increase in your income in your coming years because the average age of the first-time homebuyer is 36, and most of us get a few promotions and salary increases from 36 to retirement age. So this means when you first buy your home, the gap between money in and money out is the smallest it's going to be, and that's going to be in those first three years. Now, that small surplus, that small gap, that's what makes us feel, well, not wealthy, right? That's what makes us feel the financial pinch. It makes you feel more paycheck to paycheck with no light at the end of the tunnel than someone who's actually got a large gap and has extra money every month. But each year that you own that home and your monthly housing expense remains the same without rents going up. Well, then the larger that gap gets. And at the same time, you're also going to have more income increase potential. Now, again, this is not brain surgery. Oh, that reminds me. Did you hear the one about the guy who was freaked out to go to the dentist? And when he was in the dentist chair, the dentist tells him, hey, just relax. It's not brain surgery. Unless I slip. (laughs) Dad jokes. Okay, seriously. In today's world, we tend to live in the now with the immediate psychology of living in the moment. Sometimes that means that we can't see the future, 
especially when the things we're doing feel mundane, even tedious. So these practices that we do today, we don't get the immediate satisfaction, the immediate gratification. We don't feel the rewards right now. There's a thought that if right now we aren't living our best lives ever, that we're failing somehow. Actually, in many ways, we can open our minds a bit if we think about the long game. Sometimes just actually putting it in a spreadsheet or in writing on a yellow piece of paper, I don't care. Create the visual of the long game. Now, I know some of you, that's freaking you out. Spreadsheets, totally not your thing. I get it. I'm that way too. Trust me on that one. But I did find that writing it out and doing the exercise of actually seeing it, seeing that small gap get to a larger gap based on just some basic uh, uh, estimations, it's great for your mind. It gets your mind to see on paper the best life is happening today and it's preparing for an even better life ahead of you. Okay, the final topic of the day. You got your home coming up. You're about to buy a home. Think about this. You're going to have the house. Use it. Now, this is a little teaser for when you do get your home, but, you know, it never hurts when you're looking for motivation because you've got to do all that saving and budgeting and that stuff that some people think is not so fun. As you get closer and you've done all the house shopping, maybe when you're under contract and you don't have to go crazy looking at all kinds of different houses every weekend, start thinking about planning and even researching fun things to do as a party host. You got the house. If you're a people person, get ready. Start looking at hosting parties, at holiday hostings. I saw a bunch of great, silly games on TikTok. Uh, usually around Thanksgiving and Christmas is when you see these um, all over TikTok and Instagram. There are all these super creative games that everybody in the in the family can play. You know, the silly games on tables and floors and even in the backyard with prizes for everyone. Uh, you know, usually is kind of like a ball rolling into one spot. And but they were awesome, super fun, and they're all ga- these games are for all ages and they look like a blast. Go check them out on TikTok or, or Instagram. You don't just have to sit around all day and watch football. You can actually, you know, have a family gathering where you communicate with each other. Or, hey, if you want to plan a Friendsgiving or if you want to start hosting, I saw this on uh, TikTok or Instagram too, these random costume parties, not Halloween costume parties, but, but actual random costume parties where you come dressed as, you know, like your favorite a uh, literary character or video game character or TV or movie character, costume party for no reason. And the whole night he's just waiting for the front door to open and everyone guessing who they are. I know I'm getting deep in the weeds on this, but your home is now your place. Your home can be the club. Your home can be the sports bar. Your home can be the karaoke place. You can even host the Super Bowl. Now, Practicing this stuff and thinking about it, no, it's not as practical as an idea of doing the math and figuring out how your mortgage payment is actually going to give you financial freedom down in the future. But if you start thinking about what you can use your home for besides eating and sleeping, it's going to help your mental health, inspiration, motivation, partyfication. Just made that word up. Do you like it? It's great to help relieve some of the home buying stress. So, 
In summary, step nine is all about practice. First, you keep practicing a budget lifestyle. Second, you practice your new monthly payments. Third, you want to be getting into the practice of seeing the long game, both financially as well as getting the practice of motivating yourself for number four with all the fun and exciting things that you can do in your new home. Make your home the place to be for friends and family. Or if you're one of those big old hermits, forget everything I said and think about how to use your home to completely close yourself off from the world. No more apartment living. Okay, homies, as always, if you're looking for even more details and information on the first time home buying process, check out my Instagram at How to Buy a Home Podcast or the TikTok at How to Buy a Home or the YouTube. There's a couple different YouTube channels out there. Go check them out. Uh, and there's plenty of information at howtobuyahome.com. And hey, if I haven't mentioned it before, please, please, if you're getting even just a small bit of value from this free education, this free podcast, rate the podcast. Better yet, take one minute and write a review. Now, the more reviews a podcast gets, that means the more people are going to find it and then they can get empowered too. There's no view counts or followers on podcasts. No one knows how many people out there are listening to it. The only thing they've got on podcasts is reviews. So if this has been helpful in any way, please just take a uh, less than one minute and write a few sentences in a review. It'll help me help more people. Okay, you did it. Step nine, it's done. Don't stop now. Go right to step 10 and let's wrap this up for you. You can do this.